0: Welcome to the Westside Podcast, where you can find real help for real life. We hope you'll take a second right now and subscribe to this podcast and let us know how we can help. You can find out more at westsidecommunitychurch.com. Now join us for this week's installment of the Westside Podcast. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Well, it's good to see you. You're really handsome, beautiful. The girls are beautiful and the men are handsome. Wow. I'm speaking to the right crowd today. Yes, I am. Wow, it's good to good to be with you. Uh, the, is Bart still in here? I was going to tell him. I got to get him to get this song going down for me, and that is somebody do something. That's what I'm going to preach on today. Somebody do something. Wouldn't that be a great song? Bart could write that. You know, somebody do something. You know, I mean, you know, really good. I'll talk to him about it. Tell him if he wants to keep his job, that's what he's to do. <laughs> I have nothing to do with any of that, so don't, don't even think about it. But, uh, oh, I, uh, I got to tell you a, a story I heard. And uh, there was these two professional baseball players. They love baseball. And my daughter, Melissa, is a lover of baseball. And uh, football she doesn't like. I love football. But anyway... She liked baseball. They, these two guys loved baseball. So they were talking one day as they were getting older, and they said, Now I wonder if there's going to be baseball in heaven. I said, I Don't know. Well, we just don't know. But let's make a deal. The first one that gets to heaven gets back in contact with one left on earth and tell them if it's going to be baseball in heaven or not. So, sure enough, some time later, one of the, folk, one of the men died and went to heaven. So he got back in contact with the fellow down here, and he said, "He said I have good news and bad news for you. Okay, the good news is there is baseball in heaven. Boy, that, oh, that there is baseball. Bad news is you're, you're scheduled to pitch this coming <laughs> Thursday." <laughs> oh, why that's so funny. <laughs> You know, uh, but sometimes when we say, uh, you know, like the first message Gabe preached was, was we have a reason for hope. Isn't that the truth? I mean, as a born-again believer, as a, as a Christian, shall I say, we have a reason for hope. This isn't the end of it. You know, we have a reason for it. Did I lose something? Okay, guess it's my hearing aids. I, I got the mic on my ears. I got my glasses on my ears. And I got my hearing aids on my ears. <laughs> And my ears are loaded. <laughs> the second week that he brought is we can make a difference. We can make a difference. And today I want to talk to you about somebody do something. How many times have I said that? I don't know. I mean, I watch something on television. and I said, surely somebody can do something. And sometimes we look for the wrong people to do something. We, we look for the big shots and all to do something. But sometimes it's just us. Folks like us can do something. Really you can. In our world. I don't have a big world. I don't have the globe. But I have my little world I live in. And you do too. See. And so are you waiting for change to happen? Sometimes I am. You know like in the government. Media. Entertainment. Education. Sports. Business. Healthcare. Faith. I love to see things happen. Sometimes we just wait for that. We really, really, the, most of us are waiting for somebody else to do something about the problems we see today. See, we want change and we hope that someone, somewhere will do something about it. But we forgot to include ourselves. This change your world is, is you and I changing our world. See, the negative, the negatives of life may attract our attention and open our eyes to the need for change. But only being positive can we help create a better life. I love being around positive people. See. <clears throat> Seems like, uh, I was saying to Gabe this week, we were talking I said, I've got to pay a little bit more attention to me about watching news, because it's so negative. And I need more positive. So I get some good preaching done. You know, just get, get, some, get something on that's, that's positive, it lifts you up. The success gap is the difference between I should and I do. Can I say that again? The success gap is the difference between I should and I do. The smallest deed is bigger than the greatest intentions. The smallest deeds is bigger than the greatest intentions. You ever heard about the five frogs? They were on a phone. The teacher was teaching this to the class and said, "There's five frogs on the log," and four of them going to jump off. How many frogs are left on the log? And the student said, one. He said, no. He said, there's five frogs on the log because intentions doesn't do it. See, we have the intentions. Yes, I want to do it, but that doesn't do it. I like that. See, initiative on fire accomplishes more than knowledge on ice. Initiative on fire causes more than all the knowledge on ice. The vast majority of people don't lead their life, they just simply accept their life. Don't be that. Don't be that. I have a confession when I was a young man, I had guys say to me, and the professors too. And they said, you know, Ken, I don't think you ever cut out to be a, a preacher. And it hurt me because I didn't know if I was gonna be a preacher or not, but I didn't, want to be, I didn't want to be rejected at doing it. You know what I'm saying? They didn't say you'll never be a preacher. They just said, you're just not cut out for it. I asked him what I was cut out for, and they said, probably be a hog farmer. Mm-hmm. Well, I like hog farming. Sometimes I thought that would have been a better profession for me, <laughs> hog farming. <laughs> And, uh, but you know God has different plans for you you just live where you're going make your path and go for it I like this it says uh, the three types of people in the world there's, there's confused people they always say what happened <laughs> I like that there's comfortable people they say eh, it just happened this is what's going to happen? And then there's catalyst people. callous catalyst, catalyst people. I'll get it out. There's catalyst people. They make it happen. Yeah, I'm going to make this happen. See, your life will only go where you take it. Isn't that a good statement? Grunt to me. Grunt. There you go. Just a little grunt, okay? Anything, you know. Just let me know you're out there live. I mean, uh, I feel lonely out here, up here, when you're not there. I like Jesus, you know. Jesus had, he has so many good words for us. Don't you agree with that? Come on, let's give him a hand. Give him a hand, wake up, wake up. See, he has so many good words for us. So I, I'm gonna be looking at Matthew for a second and then we're gonna to go to Mark five, Mark five. But it's so, so good, you know, like, let me, let me give you just a little bit. I didn't give the first services, so you're really, you're, you're a little bit better. Don't tell them, though. <laughs> but the book of Matthew says, here's a king. So, all throughout the 28 chapters of Matthew, you see kingdom, king. Jesus is king. But when you come to Mark, where we're going to be looking at today, he's a servant. He's a servant. He washes the feet. He takes care of the the widows. He takes care. He's a servant. And Luke, when you come to Luke, he's a man in the midst of men. Jesus is a man. You wonder what a man's like? Look at Jesus. You wonder how to stand like a man? Look at Jesus. And then you come to John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the four Gospels. And in John, he says, Behold your God. Starts like that in chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, and the Word was God. God. Boy, when I talk about Jesus, I'm I'm talking about Jesus. God. So we come to the book of Matthew, and and the last words Jesus has spoken, Matthew, in Matthew 28, 18, he says, And Jesus came, and he told his disciples... I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, be sure of this, be sure of this now. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. There's never a day that he's got you out of his arms. There's never a day he's not holding your hand. Never a day, no matter how you hurt. As you get older, you get a little more hurt. (laughs) But he's never got me out of his hands. It's a wonderful thing about Jesus, isn't it? Don't you think so? Yeah. Now, in Mark chapter 5, in Mark chapter 5, I'm going to cover some verses here, and I'll make some comments we go. But this is wonderful. You talk about change your world. Here, Jesus meets a man, and after he meets Jesus, he changes his world. And God wants you and I to change our world. And we can. Now come on, don't sit there and say, oh no, we can't. Yes, you can. We can change our world where we live. Don't try changing the globe until you change your little circle. That's why we're in this series. Change your world. So we go to Mark chapter 5 and verse 1. Gonna be on the screen too. It. So they arrived, Jesus and, and his disciples were in a boat, and so they arrived to the other side of the lake in the region of Geshimes. Now, remember they were Gentiles over where he was going, but he just come from the Jews' side of the lake. And the Jews, you know, they had their Pharisees and all always had questions for Jesus. Are you doing this? Are you right? And, But then he came to this side. And it says, when Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. What a reception. And this man lived in the burial caves and no one could no longer, he could no longer be restrained. Even while, uh, even even with a chain, and whenever he was put in chains and shackles, he often snapped the chains from his wrists, and he would smash the shackles. And no one was strong enough to subdue him. And one day, day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. Now that's quite a reception for Jesus. See, if I was Jesus and I stepped out of the boat and saw him, I'd step back in the boat and say, let's go. <laughs> That's what I would have done. I have no intention to greeting this man and tell him how much I love him. No, we're out of here. But no, Jesus, he knew exactly where he's going. And he gets out of the boat and this man meets him. Oh, You know there's so many hurting people in the world today like this guy i mean they're really hurting sometimes maybe maybe i've never met anybody that's hurt as much as this man hurt with all these demons in him but i've met some really hurt people and there's people around you around me you go to work with them they're in school They're, they're they're just all around you they're your friends they're who you barbecue with. They're just hurting friends. You know what they need? They need somebody that's had a changed heart so that you can change your world in them. See, when Jesus was still in a distance away, the man saw him. He ran to meet him. That's scary. And bowed low before him. And with a shriek, and he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torment me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, what is your name? I wonder how many folks, you know, I think there's so many people around in our world, in our world, in our world, you know, where you, where you live. I have a wonderful man. He's my neighbor. He's two houses up. He's been in the Marine Corps. He spent 30 years in the Marine Corps. And, uh, I really like him. I mean, he's, uh, he hardly walk you know, he walks real, real slow and all. And, and not like me, I walk real slow, slow, but he walks slow and, uh, you know, the idea is that he, he's just a, a wonderful man. But one day, I shared with him what Jesus had done in my, in my life. I told him my little testimony. And, and he wasn't too interested. He didn't turn me off. He just said, well, that's good. That's good for you. And I thought, well, it'd be good for you too, buddy. But <laughs> I didn't. But you know, I feel like maybe one day I might get to win him to Jesus because he really likes me and I like him. And every morning we go by his house, he's sitting out in that chair. We wave at each other. He walks down to the mailbox, which is right by our house, and he gets he always looks and sees if I'm around or not, just stand there for a minute. Sometimes I'll come out and say hi to him. He's in my world. He's my world. I want to tell him about how he can go to heaven. What I love about even the demons knew who Jesus was, the son of the most high God. Oh, sometimes sometimes I wonder if we need to learn that a little bit. Who is Jesus? Well, he's the son of the most high God. Not just some sweet name we can... Some Christmas name. No, he's the son of the Most High God. That's who Jesus is. And it says, I beg you, don't don't torture me for Jesus had already said to him to come out. Now watch this. And Jesus demanded, what's your name? He replied, my name is Legion which there are many inside the man. Now the Legion in In the New Testament, like the Roman soldiers, they had legions, they're between 3,000 and 6,000. That's what a legion is. 3,000 and 6,000. Yeah, I don't know. I, I hope I never meet anybody like that, but I hope I can handle it like Jesus did when I do, see. Then the evil spirit begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on a hillside nearby. Send us into the pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. And so Jesus gave them permission. And the evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs. And the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down a steep hillside. Into the lake and drowned it in the water. Now that was a sight to see. But there was a man that was hurting, and Jesus met him where he was. Sometimes we want people to come where we want them to come, and we need to go where they're at. Sometimes we have to step out of our comfort zone. I know it gets so quiet sometimes. <laughs> But sometimes that's the best for us. One day, one day, we that trust, have trusted Jesus, one day I'm going to get to meet this man. I will. I would like to hug him. I'd like to tell him how his story has changed my life so many times. If Jesus can do that for you, he can do it for anybody. If Jesus can touch a life like yours, he can touch my life. He can touch the lives around me and in my world. It's going to be a wonderful day. I hope we get to sit down and enjoy each other. The herdsmen fled to a nearby town in the surrounding countryside Spreading the news as they ran. And people rushed out to see what had happened. And the crowd soon gathered around Jesus. And they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there, watch this, fully clothed and perfectly sane. See, that's what, that's what Jesus does. A little over 60 years ago, this same Jesus that's right here touched my life. As a 19-year-old, he came and, and one night a, on a ship, USS Man, in this little compartment by myself, the Spirit of God said, Ken, you're not ready to die. And I thought I'm not, 19 years old. And that night I asked Jesus to come into my life Forgive me of all my sins and be my savior. I mean, he changed my whole world. I didn't know where I was going to go. I didn't know what I was going to do. But he changed my whole world. It's never been the same. Oh, dear, dear, dear friends, loved ones. He can change you the same way. You come to the cross. You can, You come to Christ He'll change you. He'll give you new directions in your life, a new joy, new peace. I highly recommend this Jesus. I'll say that until the day I die. I'll say, this Jesus has changed my life. He can change your life. If he can change this man, he can change me. He changed his life clothes completely. And as Jesus was getting in the boat, the man, of oh, the man had said the demon possessed, begged him to say, Can I go with you? People asked him to go. Isn't that something? All these people said, We want you to go, Jesus. Oh, let me tell you a little bit here. Jesus left, all right, but this man went on to evangelize his area. Do you remember that fellas, Paul Harvey? On radio? Do you remember him? Well, some of you are just old, old people in here, aren't you? <laughs> Paul Harvey used to say, now for the rest of the story. I'll give it to you. Get your outlines out, ready to write. Here we go. <laughs> I know you think you forgot, but here's the rest of the story. Three things I see I want to share with you. First of all, start where you are. Start where you are. Where you at. See, sometimes we make the mistake of overestimating big events and underestimating the value of small actions taken to help others. Sometimes we like, oh, man, Billy Graham's coming, or this is coming, or that's coming. This is going to change our world when really God says, I want to take your life and change your world. That's what this whole, that's what this whole thing's about. Change your world. like what Jesus says to the man that was demon-possessed. But Jesus said, no, you go home to your family. He said, Lord, let me go with you. He said, no, you go home to your family. You know where you start? At home, at home. See? Come on, you with me? Start at home. I remember Karen and I—we were—we were going to have family. We were going to uh, have, fam- we were gonna have devotions with our kids as we had our children. And so we decided we would, and then we would talk about Jesus at the dinner tables, and that's what we did. It's a wonderful thing, you know when. You make these decisions to change your world at home. I decided that my mom and daddy, all they did, they just fought and they were loud and they uh, never had a kind word to each other. And Karen and I said, no, we're not gonna have that in our home. We're gonna love our kids. We're gonna love our kids. We're gonna love our kids. And we're gonna let them be raised in love. We're going to just pour it in the house. We're going to pour it in the house every day. Lots of God's love. Start at home, where you are. See, we make the biggest impact starting with those as closest to us. Turn your page over and look at this on your worksheet. There. Turn it over to the back side. It says, who do you know? That's something you can do at home. You can do it around the table, doing your growth groups. But who do you know? Who do you know? I have my marine buddy up there. I know him. I know the folks down the streets, all of, all down the streets. Who do you know? Maybe, maybe just need a kind word from you, a smile from you, a speaking, a word of encouragement to you. You don't have to be big. You don't have to know the Bible from cover to cover. God use you to change this world. No, no, you don't have to know that. One of the ways God changes my life today is every day He changes my life when I spend time in the book. Now, folks, you, you got Bibles in your home, but they can't just lay there collecting dust. They need to be picked up and read every day We're awful close to it there's a day or two I'll miss but it's a rare bird but you and you don't have to read the whole book in one setting you're not gonna do that anyway but just read a chapter I read a chapter a day and maybe a proverb too long way but I'll just read that I mark one verse that stands out at me. I mm, I like that. That's good. That's good for me. It's a promise. It's something. I just mark it. And every day he comes in, he changes my life, just in that little direction. See, you got to have a daily change to change your world. Jesus has got to come in and change you daily. One time I heard a preacher say, as you get older, you you really get more sensitive to Jesus. And I thought, well, that's good. Now that I is there, you do get closer. You do get more aware of his presence. Because you know it's not too many steps away. You're going to be in his presence. You don't wait till then. 60 years ago, I started with this old book. And it's not changed. Hello. Doesn't that embarrass you, it does. <laughs> now back over. Turn your page back over and say, use what you have. This is the second thing. See, start where you are and use what you have. See? Don't try to be someone else. God doesn't bless when you and I pretend to be someone else. God blesses who you are. Don't try to use what you don't possess. You don't have it, don't, don't try to use it. Hmm. See. Everything you need, you already have. You just have it all right there. See, what you have in your hands is your weapon for the future. Michael Todd said that. What you have in your hand is your weapon for the future. Use it, what you have. Look again at how Jesus directs this man. Look at this chapter 5, verse 19. He said, but Jesus said, you tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. There's your message. There's your message. Ken, don't try telling them things you don't know. You ever meet people that try telling you everything they don't know it? don't try that. Don't do that. I say all the time, somebody say, do you know that? I said, no, don't. And they look at you like you're stupid, but that's okay. They're stupid in areas to me too, so. No, no, don't. Just tell them who, who touched you. I was touched by the master. There's a day when Jesus came in Turn your page over, look like at this. So what is your story? So how can God use your story in your life? So what do you have? See? that be wouldn't that be a discussion over your dinner table? What do you have? And then you help each other. Well, I think I see this in you. You have this, and you have this. What do you have? Just take what you have. You know why I love being the pastor with Well, I mean, he lets me preach once in a while, and I love it. But you know why? Because he just lets me be me. He doesn't say, now, Ken, I want you to preach like me, because that'd be a lot better, which it would be. But he doesn't say that. He just says, Ken, just be you. Isn't that great? Just be you. You know, what do you have? What do you have? Here's the third thing. Write this down you your notes. Know, turn them over. Write this down. Focus on what you can do. Focus on what you can do. Don't focus on things you can't do. Someone said to me in Venonia when I was pastoring out there long ago, they said, they said, Wooten, I've never heard anybody was They would kill the English language like you do. I said, thank you. I feel good about that. I just said, did you get anything from the message? They said, yeah. I said, that's all I care about. Just focus on what you can do. Look at what this man does. So the man started off to visit the 10 towns of that region and begin to proclaim the great things... Jesus had done for him. I mean, here's just a man that was in the tombs and by himself. Nobody loved him. Nobody wanted to sit and have dinner with him. But Jesus came and changed him. And Jesus said, go home to your family. And then he went out and began to tell the folks all around these ten towns, this is what Jesus has done for me. His mercy And he went out and he told, in chapter 7 and 8 of Mark, says that when Jesus came back, not long long after, when Jesus came back, there were 4,000 people that sat down and he fed them. They were waiting for him to come so he could teach them. Where'd they get the news at? From the man, from the one man whose life was changed. And he went back and changed lives. Went to the ten towns and told them what Jesus had done for him. Didn't know a lot of Bible, but knew what Jesus had done for him. Oh, when you have that, when you have Jesus, and he's changed you, you have a message. You have news people need to hear. He sat down chapter 7 and fed 4,000, just men alone. Besides that was women and children. Sometimes I can get overwhelmed thinking how big the world is and how big the problems are. But thank God, he's bigger. He's a wonderful Lord. If he can cast a legion of demons out of a man, he can change lives. He changed my life. You'll change your life. You know where it starts. This is a mirror. It starts looking in the mirror. Not bad. Amen. Thank you. But diddle, he starts by you and I looking in the mirror. Who's the man in the mirror? Did God change you? Yes, sir. Then he wants to use you to change other lives, just in your world. I just say every day when I look, I say, God, would you use the man in the mirror to change the world, my world? In Mark five twenty, it says this. It says, and everyone was amazed at what he told them. I mean, here's a demon-possessed man that was touched by Jesus. And they were amazed. People are amazed at what Jesus can do in our lives, in your lives. Every one of you. You know uh, I close with a, with a man, Dia, uh, uh, this man was a, uh, he was a Sunday school teacher. And uh, this is real story. He was a Sunday school teacher and he had a class of 15, 16, 17 year old boys. He loved his boys. He worked 10 hours a day. Six days a week, but he had his Sunday school class on Sunday morning. It was his world. So he went, and a boy visited one Sunday morning, and he thought, I've got to go see him this week during the week. And so he did, knocked on the door. He said, can I come in and visit with you? And the man said, yes. This man owned his own, this 17-year-old boy, owned his own shoe shop, sold shoes, He was invited in. The Sunday school teacher told him about Jesus. He said, would you invite Jesus into your heart? Just a simple, simple, simple thing. The man said yes. Right there in his home, he bowed his head and asked Jesus, forgive him sins, come into his life. And he did. You know... Three, late, three years later, the, this same man that he won to Jesus had his own little Sunday school class, and it had grown in three years to over 1,500 boys. This man went on to be a great evangelist. His name was D.L. Moody in Chicago. And God used him in a marvelous way He traveled over seven continents sharing Jesus Christ and what Christ had done for him. That's all. He only had a fifth grade education, but God used him in a marvelous way. It is estimated that D.L. Moody won over a million people in his evangelistic crusade. He started the. Moody Bible Institute, which is still existing today in Chicago. His church is still there that he had that seats thousands of people. I've been in it. It, was, it still has the word pews. That's for all you that don't like these chairs, you wouldn't like those either. <laughs> but you'd go to hear Jesus. We don't come because of the chairs. We come because of who we hear about Jesus Christ. We come because of God. God gives you the breath of every day to live in your world and to change your world and tell folks about Jesus. Has he changed your life? If you've never invited Jesus into your heart, I want you to, I want you to. I love you, and I want God to do something in your life. I don't know who you are, but if you'd never crossed that line, like I didn't at 19, I heard about Jesus. I knew how to do it, but I just never crossed the line. But that night on that ship, I crossed the line as a young Marine, and I said, Jesus, I want you in my life. Forgive me of all my sins and come into my life and be my savior and he came in that night 60 years later i'm still madly in love with the same jesus that changed my life and your world is dying for you to share the jesus that lives in you does he live in you if not This very morning, this right now, where you're seated, you could in just a moment bow your head and say, Jesus, I invite you in. Oh, don't wait. Don't wait. Nobody guarantees you a tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. Let me pray. Let me pray. Let me pray with you. Your heads are bowed, now. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. You see us here this morning at Westside Community Church. You see every person seated here, and you know where they're at with you. But Lord, if they've never come to that line, they've never said, "Jesus, may they do it right now." Here, here. If you're seated here and you'd like to have Jesus in your heart, oh, please you say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins and come into my life and be my Savior and you become a child of God and then you're a Christian, you've already done that, would you say Lord Jesus change me so I can change my world every day do a change in me Use me to change the world, my world. Well, Lord, we love you with all of our hearts. Oh, my gracious, we love you. But most of all, we thank you for how you love us. Unconditional. You take us every day, right where we we're at and you want to do a change God use us Jesus we give you by your sweet Holy Spirit I've preached my heart I'm trained but your sweet Holy Spirit will do the work now reach down and touch the hearts bring them to yourself do the change in the hearts you do that Holy Spirit Sweet Holy Spirit, we give you ourselves for this day. And we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. If you if you said yes to Jesus, listen carefully. If you said yes to Jesus, would you do me a f- favor and write it on your card? And Gabe is going to come up in a minute. And if you said yes to Jesus, listen, if you said yes to Jesus, Oh, don't hesitate. You start, come on up and get a book he wants to give you to help you get started in your faith. Just just walk up here. I'd walk to the corners of the world to tell people about Jesus, that I have a new beginning. The moment I was saved that night, the next morning I got up, I went up on deck of that ship we were hanging onto the cable, keeps you from going over. And a buddy came up and, and said, hey, Ken, man, you look different. I said, I got Jesus in my heart. I'm a changed man. And he hugged me, two Marines. He hugged me. And he said, I'm a Christian, but I'm not living for God. Can we do it together? And I said, let's do it together. And that's where it all started. Bart's going to lead us in a wonderful song. Going to take the offering. Put your green cards in it. let me know. Let me know. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the West Side Podcast. We hope that you'll be taking some next steps in your faith journey, and we'd love to help with that. The most important step you can take is following Jesus. And if today you decided to make that step, we want to encourage you and help you. You can text the word JESUS to 503-905-9067, and we're going to send you some things in the mail to help you grow in your faith. We also would encourage you to stop by this Sunday for a live service, either online or on-site right here in the Portland, Oregon area. You can find out more at westsidecommunitychurch.com.